The Methodist Christians renewed their covenant with God annually, often connecting it with a new calendar year as we're doing today. And of course, a, a new year is associated with all kinds of different things. New Year resolutions, for instance. How many people have made a New Year resolution? A few of you. Yes, I'll reflect on that in a bit. Resolving to diet. Committing ourselves to greater abstinence of this or that or the other. Or greater involvement in this or that or the other. Deciding to do more exercise or less complaining, for instance. Uh, and I wish you well with them. Incidentally, did you know that the third Friday in January is always known as Black Friday? I know not to be contrasted with the other one because apparently it's always the third Friday in January where about 80 to 90% of our well-made resolutions bite the dust. It's encouraging, isn't it? So I wish you well with yours. Methodists have tended to focus not so much on New Year resolutions as covenants. It's not that New Year resolutions are wrong. Many of them are very worthy and welcome, and some of them are very necessary. But resolutions basically arise from within us and rely upon us to succeed or fail in relation to keeping them. They're a kind of grit your teeth, knuckle down, become better sort of thing. Whereas covenants are essentially relational things. A marriage is a good example. Uh, we had two celebrations of marriage in our congregation over Christmas just past. One of them was these two. Uh, and we often refer, don't we, to the covenant of marriage. Because it involves not one person resolving to do this or that or the other, but two people pledging and promising to be together through thick and thin, in sickness and in health, all the days of our life, etc. As a declaration, a covenant of the love and commitment that we have for each other. Our covenant with God that we're seeking to renew today is essentially relational. There are good times and poorer times in this relationship. There are times when our life of faith and life of discipleship really seems to be going places. And other times where we don't seem to be going anywhere very fast at all. And if we're honest, sometimes in our spiritual life, there are times when we're going backwards. So Covenant Sunday gives us a really valuable opportunity to assess where we are in relation to our relationship with God and God's with us. Jeremiah 31 that Alison read for us is a key passage in the Old Testament, short though it is. It deals with God's desire to make and remake 
a loving covenant with humanity. I will make a new covenant, says the Lord. The first covenant that God made was, of course, made in the Garden of Eden when God made clear the kind of relationship sought between his creation and himself, God's self. And of course, rebel humanity walks out of the garden before the grass needs cutting. The rainbow ending the story of Noah is another covenant occasion. God says, never again will I there shall be a covenant between me and my people. The giving of the law from Mount Sinai to Moses to come down to share with the people who are on their way being led out of Egypt and into the promised land is another example of a covenant-making God. This is the way to live which is right and healthy and pleases me, says the Lord. And the reality is that humankind had broken all Ten Commandments virtually before Moses got down the mountain. Which is why by the time you get in the evolution of the Old Testament to Jeremiah, God is basically declaring, I did that, but they broke it. I did that, but they walked away from it. I will make a new covenant which is distinguished from the older covenants by just simply one line. I will place it in their minds and I will write it in their hearts. It's relational. So Jeremiah talks of a, a more intimate covenant than the, those that went before it. Now I want you to notice because this is a short sermon this morning, because the main business is the receiving of the covenant and the sharing of bread and wine. But I want you to notice just one thing from that reading. God is always seeking and finding a way, always taking the initiative to restore us to God's self. Therefore, our sinfulness large or small, known or unknown, persistent or rare, our sinfulness is not the last word. And our failures that persist down the years are not the end of all possibilities of a renewal of covenant. Nobody in this room this morning comes into this place where they have placed themselves outside the possibility that God can create a new living relationship through covenant with that person. And that includes you. It's like the sat-nav image that I've told so many times, so I won't bother telling it again. But when you follow down the road and you get lost again, the sat-nav says to you in one way, shape or form, I've worked out a new route, a new way for you. And that's what God does. So take hope and take a new covenant. Then there's this passage from John 15. 
where Jesus talks about himself as the vine, and Ali's just read it for us. It's actually about connectedness, about belonging together, about growing together, about being alive together. Without me, you can do nothing. And like all covenant language, it is relational. You see, in contrast to making a New Year resolution, you can't enter a covenant by yourself. Or by mere effort, or by gritting your teeth, or by resolving that you will lose that 14 and a half stone that's evaded you for the last 47 years. You enter the covenant by grafting yourself into Christ. Or better, letting Christ graft himself further and further into you. So that his strength becomes your strength. That wonderful line of Charles Wesley about let me work and think for thee. It's the process of engrafting of, if you'll pardon the words of the Spice Girls, two become one. Now, none of us know what this year will bring. We know what we hope it may bring. We know what we're planning, some of us, in it. But whatever may happen, planned or unplanned, who doesn't want to invite God to be a companion as they walk through the year ahead? And wonderfully, whenever we draw near to God, desiring to be connected and grafted and rooted and one, God delights to receive us and enables it to happen through the renewing of covenant sealed in bread and wine. So enter this covenant today with a real awareness of your sins. Don't fool yourselves. And renew this covenant with God, aware of God's readiness to receive you again and the ability to start again. I will make a new covenant with them. I'm reminded as I close of one of the last sermons preached by Donald English who worked in this building many years and was twice president of the Methodist Conference and a wonderful preacher. Uh, it was at the Methodist renewal event, Easter People, where I was thinking back, I think was the first time I ever met somebody called Tony Miles. Donald's wife, Bertha, had died some months before, and he'd been off the scene for a while, but he'd been asked to preach one of the evening celebrations at Easter People, and like all preachers that week, he'd be given a title, and his title was Be Good. And he started off by telling the large congregation that he'd been told to preach on be good. But he wasn't going to be very good because he didn't want to preach on it. And did we mind instead if he shared a few experiences? Well, of course we didn't mind. And he proceeded over the next 15, 20 minutes to talk of God's faithfulness over many years, 
of God's careful leading at points in life where one way led this and another way led that. He looked back over many years discerning God's guidance and God's leading in a way that you can when you look back and you can't always when you're walking through it. He even talked about the death of Bertha, his beloved wife. And uh, I think most of us who knew him, he was never the same again. And he talked of how God had given strength and he urged the congregation at Easter people that night to trust in God, in God's love and forgiveness and mercy and grace. And he finished his sermon in the same way that I want to finish this much poorer one this morning. Because as he finished, he said, so I was asked to preach on be good. But with such a wonderful God, isn't the better question to ask, why wouldn't you want to be good? In the same way this morning that I say to each of you, not renew your covenant, but with such a God, why wouldn't you want to renew your covenant, your relationship with a God who loves us with an everlasting love, who extends his forgiveness and mercy to us and promises to walk 2020 with us no matter what it brings. So I hope you start the year on this first Sunday here in this place, not just with resolutions, but by taking the open offer and hand of God in Christ and renewing your covenant with God. Amen. So we're going to move immediately to the covenant part, the pledges that I've just been talking about. And they're on page 285 in the service book that you've got. We start, sat down, but at a point I'll ask you if you're able to do to stand. If you can't, don't worry about that at all. We keep silence for a few seconds. <laughs> 